although I've had my backs and forths with fashion, like I know I love it. I know it's like something that I probably will want to do forever to some degree, whether that evolves to like, you know, other areas of fashion or other sort of areas of design. Um, so with that, it's like a balance of that's the thing because I never even want to call it hustling because there's such a bad connotation but just like making sure you're happy and inspired with the work you're doing finding that sweet spot so you're like really excelling and doing a good job but having that balance of like especially on the weekends like I, I do not like work on the weekends like I'm willing to work late on the week but I very rarely work on the weekends and I think that's what like helps me honestly stay sane and stay creative during the week Hello and welcome to the Tending Creativity Podcast. This is episode 10. Um, I'm really excited that I'm on episode 10 now um, and I'm excited for the episode itself. So um, for this episode, I got to interview and talk to Tara E. Phoebe. Um, Tara is a fashion designer for a major American company and she also has a youtube channel and instagram where she talks a lot about sustainable conscious fashion beauty things like that um and she also does share some of the designs and pieces that she makes for the um her job so that's really cool to see and yeah she makes really really awesome designs and beautiful pieces um And yeah, her content, her YouTube videos and um, what she posts on Instagram are just really informative and entertaining and fun to watch. So yeah, I was really, really excited when she agreed to let me talk to her about her journey. Um, Yeah, so I basically talked to her about like, you know, what she was like growing up, what her interests creatively, um, how she got onto this path to become a fashion designer within the company that she works at and what that has been like for her um what it's like being in such a large company being that she is um you know sustainable conscious fashion focused and her outlook on that so that's really interesting and yeah just a bunch of other stuff so I hope that you enjoy this episode I really enjoyed talking to her and hearing about her story And if you have been listening to the Tending Creativity podcast or if this is the first time you're listening and you like the episode and you listen to other episodes and you like them, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That would really help the podcast out. And I wanted to also announce that I finally have um, my website up and there's a section for this podcast And I'm now going to have transcriptions of each episode on there. So if you want to share with somebody who maybe that's a better option for them or that's just what they like or you want to be able to go back and read certain parts or skim over, you know, anything like that. Or like I said, share with somebody who that would be better for. um, I will link that below. And yeah, I'm planning to do this moving forward. Um, Yeah. So that is pretty much it. And I will just get into the episode now. So I was hoping that we could just start with you just introducing yourself and explaining what you do and what you're interested in. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Tara. Um, I 
I studied fashion design in school, so that is my full-time gig. I designed women's ready-to-wear for a large American company. Probably won't talk about them on this podcast, but it's pretty easy to figure out where I work. Um, but yeah, then also I've always been really interested in YouTube, social media, all of that. So um, I'm kind of taking a bit of an unplanned hiatus from it right now, but I will be back on my YouTube channel. That's something that I started when I was in high school, and I've just always continued to update it with various just like usually fashion usually beauty kind of focus but also other sort of li- lifestyle content in there too um but just like an easier place to have kind of like a real-time connection with people is of course instagram so that's also where i hang out a lot and sort of curate my feed and everything like that cool so can you talk about um because I know that you said that you've been on YouTube for a while and I've seen that you have um, consistently been making content surrounding these interests and topics. So can you talk about like the beginnings of your interest in fashion and design and like how that started and the journey that that's taken for you? Yeah, for sure. So I've kind of always been, you know, a more artsy kid. I definitely liked to draw one of the first things I thought I wanted to be was like a cartoonist. Um, And then over time, kind of like, I remember in the later parts of elementary school or primary school, um, that's when I first started was like, or what am I trying to say? That's when I first started doing like fashion illustrations and things like that. Mm. And that was one of the initial points in time when I thought maybe I would wanna do fashion, but I still wasn't super sure about it. So it wasn't until I got to high school and um, took like a sewing class, basically kind of like home economics class. Um, and my one of my teachers just pointed out kind of like some potential in me that I thought, well, you know, I'll, I was still kind of like, I don't know how realistic a job in fashion is, but sure, I'll mm-hmm. kind of like think about this through high school. Um, and then eventually when it came time to thinking about college, I was, I knew I, at that point that I wanted to go into fashion, but I didn't know if I wanted to do something more design related or something more merchandising business focused. I thought like, oh, that's probably the safer option to go the business route, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Time and time again, teachers kept being like, try design. You should do, you should mm-hmm. do design and like touring universities and stuff. One of the advisors there was like, if you're even thinking about design, you should just do design. So that's the path that I went down. And yeah, um, you know, my college experience, I focused solely on fashion design. I ended up adding a minor in sustainability. I kind of realized that that was a, you know, spot in the industry that really needs some focus. So yeah, that was kind of my journey with the whole thing. That's how I connected my love of art and drawing and creating is just to this medium of fashion. I really love apparel and I think it's just kind of an interesting um, lens with which to like view the world and how we view people it says a lot about a person whether they want it to or or not like what Mm -hmm. they're wearing and you know just what we see people wearing I think it's kind of an interesting um, thing even just from like a a people focus too yeah like sociologically yes Um, exactly that's really cool that you said that you had like teachers and advisors kind of like encourage you to go in the path that you were more interested in, even though it was typically not really viewed as the more lucrative or yeah, like, I don't know if that's the right word, but no, definitely. yeah, because sometimes you definitely hear a lot of people say like, they're encouraged in the other way to go on the more, what is viewed as like the safe route. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I'm thankful for all of my teachers and advisors because they definitely saw something there that I was oftentimes like too afraid to lean into myself. So really thankful for them. Yeah, that's really interesting too that you say too afraid because that's kind of something that I've been seeing in a lot of, I guess like, cause I feel like, you know, sometimes themes and art and stuff is around a lot, at, but sometimes certain things pop up more when it's, I guess like you need it. So the fact that you say something that you are more scared to lean into mm-hmm. is very interesting because that can be like a common thing too. Like, yeah, you're afraid to go after what you're really interested in or passionate about um definitely yeah. and like overcoming that is a big obstacle but it's really good to yeah. overcome that yeah, um definitely it's all about who you surround yourself with you know yeah so you started talking about it a little bit well actually before I get into because I wanted to ask you more about like your college experience and that process was there anything else that like I mean you know as a child we have a many ch- children have a lot of interests, but yeah. was there anything else as a child or teenager that you were interested that interested in that you considered or even just mm. things that you did for fun that were creative? Definitely. So, I mean, another thing that I really actually, not as realistically as fashion did I comp- contemplate it, but um, a big part of my like high school experience. That's like when I first started getting into my YouTube channel and editing videos, I was also really um, beginning to have this growing interest in film, cinematography, Mm. all that kind of stuff. So I actually did contemplate going to film school. I did look at like various film schools, um, but that one was just way too scary to me. And I still have Mm. a huge appreciation for film. And I know like a couple of people who studied it and you know, they're definitely out there forging their own path, but that I think takes a certain kind of passion that like I had, but didn't have to make it like my full-time gig basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was like the other thing that I was really contemplating. There was a school in Chicago that had like both film and fashion that I really thought about, but yeah, ended up not going down that path. No, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, also, can you talk a bit about because you were, you've been on YouTube since you were in high school, and uh, I think you're like around the same age as me. Because you, yeah. Do you mind me asking how old you are? Yeah, I'm 25. Okay, yeah, I'm 26, mm-hmm. and you know, as time passes, YouTube and social media has become more and more popular. But I feel like when we were like in high school and around that age, it was much less popular. So. Yeah. How did you, what was it like starting your YouTube channel? Was it something that you, cause some people I know have said like, oh, you know, it was a, it was like a secret that they kept from like their friends and family and they did it um, secretly and they were like embarrassed or some people were for them. It was like not a big deal. So how would you describe that was, that experience was like for you starting a YouTube channel in high school? For sure. Well, I guess another fun fact I could, you know, segue into that with was, high school was like when I started the channel that eventually became the channel that I have today, but I was on YouTube even before that. I was probably like 11 when I first started uploading things to YouTube. So I had like, I was very into playing The Sims 2. If you're familiar mm-hmm. with that game, I loved building yeah. houses <laughs> and all of that. So I would upload videos about building houses and then eventually like through middle school. So I was more like 13-ish. Um, 
I feel like there was this really big trend of like making music videos. It was before YouTube really cracked down on copyright infringement. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was like easier to use music, which I was thinking about the other day too, as a tangent, like that's probably why people like TikTok so much. Cause you can use whatever music yeah. you want. Um, so it was kind of like the wild west of the internet back then on YouTube. And you could do all that stuff you could do on TikTok on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So I was making quick like music videos and stuff with friends so because of that, even though it was like not necessarily something I was broadcasting, I wasn't ashamed of it. It was just a fun hobby. Mm -hmm. People kind of knew I was like into editing videos and all of that. So by the time I got to high school, that was around the time that the like beauty influencer boom started to happen. It was more kind of like the Michelle Fawn era and the like Juicy mm -hmm. Star 07 um, so really kind of some of the OGs were doing it. And I had a couple of friends in high school who were like, well, we should do a collab channel where we like all three can do it. So it's not as scary if the three of us are on there. Um, and I think that lasted for maybe a year or two. And then very clearly they were not as interested in it as <laughs> I was. And I ended up being like, well, I'll just take over the channel then. And that's when I kind of yeah. changed it to just be called Tara E, which I think it's still called to this day. Um, I don't think I've even changed it to Tara E phobie, but anyway yeah so with that in mind no I never really hid it from anyone and actually when I like made that transition into doing more beauty and lifestyle content I actually advertised my videos like on well advertise I didn't pay but just posting on my personal yeah. Facebook <laughs> and just like letting my friends and family know like that I was doing that and yeah that kind of helped boost some of the views and then you know before long I have people who I don't know just like in my immediate circle watching that content Mm -hmm. that's cool yeah I remember being in middle school too and I never made like videos but I remember having friends doing things like they would make like their own versions of like movies and like oh, yeah. post them and they would include the music and stuff on there and like same they would make music videos so yeah I hadn't even thought about that in a, in a while and even oh. though I asked you that question like you talking about that maybe you remember those things I'm just like wow yeah and that's, <laughs> that's some cringy stuff and that was like a different channel that I was putting that stuff on but I mean it's still out there if anyone wants to find it I won't be <laughs> linking it anytime soon but yeah. I think it's just like a fun again I would never delete that stuff because it's just like a really fun kind of time capsule of the era. yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah cool so um okay so going back to talking about like design and your decision making process for college um I guess yeah just in general can you talk more about first like even deciding to go to college mm -hmm. um I'm not sure like mm -hmm how that was framed for you in your life and community, because I know it can be very different for, True. depending yep. on different factors. Um, so that, and like, then within that, deciding to go to the college you attended and choosing your major and like being really, yeah. cause you, that was an, the major that you graduated in was what you started with, right? Yeah, yep. I was one of those people who never switched their major, um, which I'm very thankful for, but, there was definitely, I mean, I can get into it in a bit. There was definitely mm -hmm. moments where I thought like, I hate fashion, never want to touch <laughs> this again in my life. Um, but before I get into that, just like, yeah, my, so my experience with like graduating high school and trying to figure out like if I was going to go to college. So I grew up in mostly kind of like a middle-class sort of um, town. I'm from Des Moines, Iowa. And I, I basically, the school I went to 
was a really, really good public school. It was, you know, in an area where, you know, very fortunate to have like good funding and all of that. So because of that, there were a lot of classes that would give you college credit already. It was basically mm -hmm. those credits were associated with a local community college. So certainly like where I grew up, it was kind of an assumption that you would mm -hmm. go to college, which of course has its own problems, but that was always kind of just like an assumed that I'm going to go to college. It was more just figuring out what I was going to do. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, through high school, I did have an interest in fashion, came to the conclusion that that's what I wanted to do. So the next thing was kind of figuring out, like, did I just want to go to like a public school and get that big sort of like American university experience? Or did I want to go to an art school? So, I mean, some of the schools I looked at, um, I tried to be realistic about who like I was going to be in fashion. I've never genuinely actually had that big of an interest in like luxury or like mm -hmm. high-end sort of retail I definitely have always liked designing for I don't want to be like real people saying I don't because I don't want to say like the people who buy that stuff aren't real but basically yeah. I wanted to design for like a bigger audience people yeah. who you know have I don't know more moderate income basically so that was always kind of like okay so I don't necessarily need to, need to go to Parsons I don't have like these big high fashion dreams like amazing for the people who want to do that but that just like wasn't my interest but I did consider Savannah College of Art and Design which is in um, Savannah Georgia there was an art school I think it was called Columbia College Chicago that was the one that had like film and fashion but at the end of the day like to be realistic I was the sort of high school student who didn't actually apply themselves that much so my grades mm -hmm. were not amazing um, there was really no scholarships on the table for me. So I went with the more like affordable and realistic option of just staying in state. I went to Iowa State University, which was about like 45 minutes from where I grew up um, because they also had like a decently ranked fashion design program. So I just couldn't even justify yeah. hopping over even one state and paying like double intuition. It just didn't yeah. make sense. Um, and so from that, like it was a rocky experience getting started for me at Iowa State. Like I actually ended up not loving the huge sort of university um, kind of feel like Greek life was not something I was into or a part of like sororities and fraternities and all that. Never went to a football game. It just like, so it was kind of like weird that I even went that route, but it was truly just like the most affordable option. So mm -hmm. I was really thankful then to study abroad my junior year. And that gave me a break, like not only from the American university experience, but also that was a time where like I took no fashion classes. I took classes that mm -hmm. were pretty much all about sustainability or Danish culture. Um, and with that, it sort of gave me an insight into other sort of industries that are creative and are like interesting whether that's like graphic design or city planning or all of these different things and then it kind of rekindled this love for fashion because I could take all of those things from those various industries and apply that because I don't know I was kind of sick of just like fashion 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 only looking at clothes for yeah. your inspiration because there's just so many other things to get inspiration from um so at the end of the day like once the chapter was closed on my college experience, like I don't really have any regrets going to a state school because I still think it is really what you make of it. And if you have interesting abroad experiences or interesting internships, then that's kind of what like can be the springboard to your career. You don't have to go to Parsons to be successful. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, so you mentioned 
that it was only about 45 minutes away. Did you dorm or you commuted? I lived, I still lived in the dorms. So yes, my freshman year, I lived in the dorms pretty soon after though I transitioned to living in apartments. Mm. Um, Did not love that dorm life. Didn't really want to do it longer (laughs) than a year. (laughs) But yeah, I still wanted the experience of being up there, staying up there. But I do know a handful of kids who would commute from Des Moines up to the school. Yeah, I'm just asking because I kind of how you were explaining, like I had a similar experience because I, yeah, I went to a, because uh, I live in California, so I went to a Cal State mm-hmm. and because um, it was definitely more affordable, specifically the one that I went to. Um, it was a little farther, mm-hmm. but I still commuted just because, again, it was more affordable and made more sense with like just all the circumstances. So yeah. And you can still have like yeah. a great experience doing that because yeah, there's a family friend of mine who um, she commuted. I think she was actually a transfer student. So she did two years, I think, at getting her associates. And then the last two, she went to Iowa State. And so she commuted for those last two, but she still made tons of friends and like just had a different experience. Like just because it's like a different college experience doesn't mean it's bad. But yeah, I just was like when I was in high school having, you know, all of these fantasies and thoughts about like, <laughs> yeah. living in the dorms and blah, 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 which is so funny. Cause then I ended up not even really loving it anyway, but I'm still, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, I tried it, got the experience, whatever, but anyone who doesn't go for that experience, I still think it's fine. It's like, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, and then what you said too, about like the fact that it was, a, uh, I guess, would you say just bigger, more student, larger student population school you ended up not really liking yeah and it's like it probably wasn't even the size because I did enjoy like the fact that there were so many people but it was those things that come with a large university like all of the funding funding going to sports and things like mm-hmm. that which is fine sports are a really great thing but just like I never really attended any football games like I said wasn't I'm not even like a big partier I'm not like big into that stuff so there are times where I was like, well, dang, maybe I should have just gone to art school because then I would have just been surrounded by more like artsy, like-minded mm-hmm. people. But I hear horror stories about that experience mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, it's just like the grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah. You might as well just make of, just make what you can of the experience you're in basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. My school was pretty big too, but the thing is, cause you know, it's different with different um, universities or colleges mm-hmm. mine the one I went to because I went to Cal State Northridge I think it's typically known as like a commuter school so I can't really oh yeah compare it in that sense but once I was in there like I do remember like the fact that it was such a large school sometimes I was like oh man mm-hmm. I don't know if I like this but yeah. It, yeah in the end it was it was fine and I did what I yeah went there to do That's exactly right yep yeah cool so um and you did start talking about it a little bit as far as like Mm post-grad so what was that like because um and you mentioned internships Mm -hmm. so did you did you already have like a plan for what you wanted to do Mm post-grad or did that start like while you were still in university how did yeah what were your feelings associated with that transition for sure so during my undergrad once I you know figured out the sustainability was like a really huge issue within the apparel industry and something that definitely was worth like problem solving 
I was under the assumption or not under the assumption, but basically I was like, I want to work for a quote unquote sustainable brand. So those were a lot of the places I started to apply to. Um, I was kind of open to like city. I wasn't too picky, um, but that process of looking for an internship also overlapped with my time abroad, which kind of made it challenging because mm -hmm. I didn't want to, it was this tricky balance of like trying to enjoy my abroad experience while also like trying to figure out an internship, which is a very privileged problem. It's not like a big mm -hmm. problem. Um, so yes, I, you know, reached out to various companies, of course, didn't hear back from most. And it came down to two companies that I had offers from. Um, one of which being the company that I currently work for, which I said, like I said earlier, is like a mass retailer in the US. And then the other is, um, was just like a smaller sort of more, um, I mean, I guess I can just say, cause I didn't end up working there, but that was 3.1 Philip Lim in New York mm -hmm. city. But unfortunately, again, a lot of this came down to cost and just like, I was not someone who could afford to take on an unpaid internship, especially in New York city where well okay now I'm gonna accidentally shade the company but if anyone wants to do this whatever <laughs> basically the only payment would have been like a lunch stipend every day so mm -hmm. it's like I would have been paid $12 a day which is criminal yeah. in my opinion yeah. and that's like the case for a lot of fashion internships in New York City or they're paying you like $8 an hour which still is not a living wage in New York City so I just couldn't go that route ended up moving to Minneapolis and taking the other internship gig which then turned into my full-time job. And um, it's just kind of interesting because it, it makes me think back to the time when I thought like fashion isn't a safe sort of option financially because it's it's not true. It kind of just depends on the company yeah. you work for. And I was definitely of the mindset that I would be working those sort of like criminally underpaid wages in New York City when I ended up actually never even going that route. So. Um, my postgrad experience then evolved from me thinking I need to work for a quote unquote sustainable brand to actually it's important to have sustainability or sustainably minded people working at all fashion companies because if you don't then no change will ever yeah. happen exactly. so um, I actually think it's a really great opportunity to work for such a big company and use my voice to like you know work with the reach that this company has to make sustainability accessible, hopefully one day. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually, I think I was gonna ask you about that a little later on, but I think maybe we can just talk about that right now. So yeah. being that it is a larger company, mm -hmm. but you are focused on sustainability and you're bringing that mindset to into that environment. What is yeah. that like, is it, um, mm -hmm. And like, do you ever have to like manage your expectations? Um, you know. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, I mean, it's a slow moving ship and it's, it's, I won't lie, it's frustrating at times. Um, and I think what makes it so frustrating too is a lot of the people that I directly work with on my design team and kind of my immediate, like, you know, the sourcing people and the buyers, like everyone's of the mindset that we want to do good, but it's constantly like, in opposition with like, not constantly in opposition with the like values of the company because the company I work for at the end of the day, like companies today cannot look away from sustainability because if a company is just kind of like, nope, we don't care about it, then they get canceled. So like <laughs> the mindset today is definitely like, 
pretty much every company is striving for it, but it's just like, how quickly are they going about it? How are they actually like making significant impact and not just, you know, greenwashing? Mm -hmm. So it is frustrating to like work with a group of people who are really into it, but it's constantly challenged with like, well, if we make this change, then we're not going to like meet our bottom line in the same way, or like our profits won't be as high or whatever. Um, But, and you know, I've been there for almost three years now and I've already seen like significant changes and um, you know, getting a lot more like recycled content. Like we use all BCI cotton. Um, we even have like some of our denim is fair trade in our brand, which is like crazy to me for just like, again, the company, the size of the one I work for. So like these changes do happen again, when you get people in there who are just constantly like diligent, patient, willing to work for it, but it is still like frustrating and it moves a lot slower than I wish it did sometimes. Yeah, that's really interesting, though, that, you know, the team that you're working with is all going to that. But it does make sense, like, being in an environment that is kind of built on a different model and then being in that and trying to, like, work with that to change it. it, I can see how it is. It's different. But it's really important. Yeah. Sorry. What were you going to say? No, I was just saying, I was just agreeing and saying, like, yeah, it is different because, you know, there's a lot of brands that exist where it was just, like, in their DNA and in their genesis that like, we are going to be a sustainable brand and then they're going from there. Whereas other companies started to just make money basically. And now in this, in these, you know, years that we're in, um, they're stamping on top. Okay, now we need to try and be sustainable. And it's kind of hard sometimes like making that work and making that fit. but it is, I, I believe it's possible. I try to be hopeful about the whole thing because if you're not hopeful, then nothing <laughs> will ever get done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then, so, well, you kind of mentioned it already that, well, the way you mentioned it is, sorry, I'm like <laughs> saying it, but I'm not saying it, but it's in my mind. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sometimes I have that problem, like I'm thinking and then I'm like <laughs> not saying it, sorry. So you mentioned, like when it came to choosing your school that you had a, and your intention for being a designer was to design for um, larger audiences, um, basically. audience. Yeah. So, but have you ever considered, cause I don't know like exactly the different, I am, um, I don't know what the word for it would be. Like avenues, I guess you can take uh, as a designer. Yeah. Do you see yourself always in the future? And I know like that's that's a big, probably a big question that can't really be answered, but have you ever considered um, making your own design? Yeah, either for for a smaller company or like at some point in the future, having your own Mm -hmm. project and like being independent or freelancer or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think can't speak for all people who study fashion design, but I feel like for most people who study fashion design, the thought crosses their mind, like, dang, I would rather just have my own brand and just like, (laughs) again, like run this whole ship. Um, And that's definitely kind of a thought I had when I was in college. It's a thought I maybe had a little bit post-grad, but, you know, as time goes on and I start to think about things more and start to understand like capitalism more and all of these things. 
I, I've started to realize I actually don't think I would ever start my own brand. And of course, never say never, who knows, maybe that'll change in the future. But at this point in time, it's actually really not necessarily a goal that I'm working towards. There's other goals that I'm working towards more just like paying off my student loans is one of them. That's like the major one. And then the other one is just like, get like living in a city where I feel inspired, happy, fulfilled. Um, so those are like my main goals and anything involving like starting my own gig is more like on the back burner. I have contemplated freelancing as a way to kind of like control my own schedule, be my own boss, you know, cause in this time of COVID like, and working from home, um, that got me thinking more like, dang, it's really nice, like controlling my schedule a little bit more and not having a commute and not having all this stuff. So that really for a while, like, honestly, like last year, I was like, I should freelance. And then I was kind of like, I don't know. So I think for me, the thing that I actually really want are those other things I mentioned, and also just like stability, like, I think I need stability in order to achieve like paying off my student loans. So that's more kind of where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. like another goal I have on top of that would be to like move out of the United States at some point and Mm -hmm. so like that's again something that I place above ever like starting my own brand um so over time from college to now my I always have goals but they're kind of always shifting um and I'm definitely a planner I definitely don't like do things super spontaneously Um, So because of that, it allows time for those goals to shift. But if there's anything that hasn't shifted for a while, then that's kind of like, okay, I still like really care about that. And that's still something I want to work towards. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, Okay, so I want to talk about your creative process in general, the design process. And I know, I don't know if it's different versus um, when you're in like the work environment since you're working for a company compared to like if you're just doing things for fun or on your own but can you describe just your creative process when it comes to designing and yeah yeah, yeah. no for sure so I think whether for personal or for work the design process for me always starts with kind of just like the external so the the inspiration and the inspiration and sort of almost kind of like research gathering can come from like a multitude of places just depending on the project. So a lot of times for work, that's coming from comparison shopping. So like seeing what's out there in the market, making sure we're staying relevant, basically um, looking at aspirational brands. So brands that are like a higher price point that, you know, basically companies that, you know, I'm in the segment of like, they're not touching that stuff yet. So like what's maybe next on the horizon of the trend curve that next, you know, this is the next stuff that we're going to bring to our guest. Um, something that I focused more on in, in school and then in my personal projects as well is again, less like apparel and comparison and more true inspiration from art. And that's something that I'm trying to like intertwine now with my work um I get to help a little bit more on like the concepts that we plan each season so because of that then I get to start thinking about things more just like a particular artist and maybe themes within their work or my senior line when I was in college was um inspired by women in Scandinavian design I I noticed in my time there like studying furniture design especially there was a lot of focus on men and their contributions Um, But then the couple of women that I learned about, I was like, well, let me like dig deeper here and see like 
women who design furniture who are still like really prominent in Scandinavian mm -hmm. design. So I ended up basing my senior line on like women in fashion design and how, again, that kind of like soft meets the hard and um, that inspiration. So that's actually my favorite thing to do is take something that's not fashion related and turn it into fashion. Um, so that's kind of where it starts, wherever I'm pulling inspiration from, like that's number one. Um, something that weaves into that research though, again, for my work is figuring out like, what do the people want? So we can like, we have this app within our company so we can reach out to people and say like, it's spring, like, where's your mindset? When do you start buying new clothes? Are you even, are you not even buying clothes right now because of COVID? Just like, we can ask questions like that and figure out where our guest's head is at. And that's really helpful. Pre-pandemic, we could also have like guest events where people would come into the office and it's like, maybe we want to learn about dresses. So then they show us five photos of them and their favorite dresses, explain why they love them. They can flip through like our prototypes and say like, oh, I love this because of this, or I hate this because of that. So I really, really love that stuff because it helps to take the personal element of like me yeah. out of it. And again, reminds me like, this is a selfless job that I work in. Like I'm doing this for people, mm. not for myself. So that's an, another thing that's like part of the design process for my day job. And then with that, comes, you know, the sketching, the ideating, whether that's pulling mood imagery, whether that's like getting right down into sketching, um, you know, collaborating with my peers, getting feedback on my work, giving feedback on their work, um, choosing fabrics, choosing colors, choosing all that stuff. And then before long, you, got, you get to the point where you're assorting is what it's called. So basically you're like, okay, so we know we're doing this dress. Um, we know we need four colorways. So now we're going to pick those four colors or those prints or whatever. Mm. Um, and then before long, you have a whole line, a collection, whatever. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of where my part of it ends. Um, in school, definitely we had to focus more on like more of the entrepreneurial stuff where it'd be like pricing and things like mm. that. But I don't, I don't really touch that now in my design role. It truly is like the problem solving and then the execution of turning that into a sketch, turning that into an actual physical product. Um, and I get to work with like fabric engineers, I get to work with like textile designers. So I'm not like creating the prints on garments and I'm not like figuring out the composition of the fabrics. Like I get to work with people to figure that out to help make um, the designs that I sketch. So. Yeah, that's kind of how the design process all comes together in the end. There's times where it gets a little crazy. And I think to myself, like, how wild that product even ends up on shelves, yeah. like knowing what happens behind the scenes sometimes. I'm like, it's just like a bunch of like monkeys clapping cymbals sometimes is what it feels like. But um, amazingly, stuff gets done, product gets onto shelves. And then, yeah, in my personal life, like, it's amazing sometimes because I, I definitely like, now that I'm not in school, I drop projects a lot. Like, I might start designing a line for fun and then just stop. So mm. it's amazing when I actually see something through <laughs> in my personal life. So um, yeah, getting to the end is always exciting. Yeah, I relate to that. I have a bunch of unfinished <laughs> yeah. things. <laughs> yep. um, cool. So would you say that it's a fairly fast paced uh, process? Yes, it, start it felt slower when I was learning it. And now that I've been in my particular role for almost three years, 
the thing too is like it's like never ending and you're always in one what am I trying to say you're always kind of in three seasons at once Mm -hmm. so it like like when you're for so for right now while we are wrapping up holiday and like what's going to be coming into stores at winter we're beginning to just ideate and concept what summer will be and then we're also starting to get prototypes in for spring so like you're constantly in like so many different seasons never really knowing what year it is because the product (laughs) we're working on is like for 2022 um so then I'm always just like kind of confused about what's going on but because of because of you're always having like a foot in like a different like square all at the same time um it does go pretty fast and the years kind of fly by and you're like wow it's holiday again wow it's summer again okay wow (laughs) this is just like sneaking up on me so it's interesting Mm -hmm. yeah um um cool so you did talk a little bit about working from home because of covid and stuff how has that affected like just your work in general? Do you feel like it's been harder to be motivated to come up with ideas or just do what you would usually be doing in the office? Or yeah, because, you know, it's just been a really wild year, so. Yeah, it's been a weird time to say the least. Um, So it's definitely fluctuated. So when the pandemic, well, actually I should preface, before the pandemic ever even happened, um, again, this is kind of like my first job in the industry post-grad. And so, you know, those first like one and a half years working in the office, I was kind of just like getting my footing basically of like what the heck was even going on. Eventually kind of getting to a point where it's like, okay, I have my point of view of design and you know, every once in a while, like we get to like travel for work. So like I went to Los Angeles twice, um, which was really fun. And I had never been there before. And those were really inspiring trips. So there's other people too, other designers at other levels who get to go to like really, really exciting places. Like I know people on my team were supposed to be going to India and people were supposed to be going to the Netherlands and all of this stuff, like right before the pandemic happened. So definitely the company I work for, like there was a lot of travel involved previously to like either work with vendors or to gather research and inspiration. So then once we were all kind of stuck at home, I was like feeling a lot of different emotions. So like thankful at first to like, again, not have a commute, just get to roll out of bed and go into my living room and start working. But especially as things transitioned into like the summer and then there was, you know, George Floyd was murdered in Minneapolis and that's where my company is headquartered too. So like not only was his murder like felt around the world, but like specifically in Minneapolis, it was very Mm -hmm. intense and it was super hard to be inspired during that time. Like there, I was like, how do you even think about clothes in a time like this, where it's like, you've got this horrible pandemic going on where there's like these mass graves being like made in New York city and all these different places we're all glued to our TV. So like every time a person of color is killed, we're just like seeing it and not really having any distractions from it. So that was a time where I was like really struggling, not inspired, not even doing amazing in my job to be fully honest. But now as time has gone on, 
And I actually ended up moving from Minneapolis to Colorado. So I'm working remote from Colorado right now. I wanted to be with my boyfriend because I just felt so incredibly isolated. Like even Mm -hmm. again, before the pandemic happened, like I didn't have like any best friends in the city when I started my job there. So it was just like trying to find my way at work with a lot of 30 somethings who have like kids and things like Mm -hmm. that and not really fitting in. Then you have this pandemic and I was like, there was days where I wouldn't leave my apartment where I would only be opening my mouth to speak to someone on a Zoom meeting. And it just felt weird and not natural. So I ended up coming out here to Colorado and I feel actually the most inspired I have at any point in my career Hmm. thus far, which is kind of nice. It's a nice transition and I've been doing a lot better and feeling like I actually care. I'm like actually thinking about my job, like after I could have like been done for the day, which was something that like I observed a lot of my coworkers doing like in office. And I just kept thinking to myself, like, I just want to shut off when I come home. Like, I don't want to think about work anymore, but now I feel like happy and inspired by it. And I'm like wanting to go that extra mile to do an amazing Mm -hmm. job. And that's because I'm like with a loved one. I, you know, whatever just like the election and all of these things have passed and I'm able to kind of like begin to focus again like people are getting vaccinated it's just kind of like hopefully the start of a new era for a lot of people and we're also yeah. just trying to figure out like how things are going to be after this because you know it's been challenging especially working in fashion such a physical such a tangible sort of job and having samples sent to you and color swatches and all of these things but now that we've started to make it work, I'm very curious to see what will happen. Like, I definitely know a lot of coworkers who don't want to return to the office full-time once this is all over. So I'm just fascinated to see what's next, but I'm just happy to be feeling happier now and happier to be feeling more inspired now. Yeah, definitely. Um, What do you, well, I mean, because you were saying you've already done these things like moving with the loved one to Colorado in general like do you feel like you have um, a way of approaching life or your feelings and thoughts during those times that are really difficult that help you get through them that I don't know how much you want to talk about that. I know that's sure. kind of- you mean kind of like before I was here with someone someone else, like how I was handling my mental health like alone in Minneapolis. Is that what you mean? Or I guess either in either situation, just like mm-hmm. yeah, in general, how do you what is what are some things that help you or have helped you kind of cope with more difficult times? I think the thing that has always continued to help me cope with more difficult times is you know kind of going back to what I said like when I was in high school it's kind of like goal setting so like I'm definitely like I said a planner I'm very much thinking about like what's next which has been an interesting like I don't know it's it's been a hard thing to deal with in this time of the pandemic because you can't plan for a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. like a lot of people were laid off, um, you know, without any sort of warning. We, when we, you know, got the news, like, okay, guys, we have to like pack up our stuff and start working from home for a couple of weeks. Well, a couple of weeks turned into a month and then a Mm -hmm. month turned into a year. And now it's been over a year of doing this. And so the thing that I have always kind of tried 
to implement to help pull me out of darker places is just thinking about what's next. So when I was like initially kind of struggling during the pandemic, like, like I said, I started thinking about like, even though it was a horrible time to get into freelancing, but I was thinking about like freelancing. And so like, while I was doing my other work, I was like researching that, planning that, like whenever I have like a project or something to be like planning, thinking about that kind of helps as a distraction, even if it ends up evolving into something else and kind of where then, you know, things got a little better towards like the tail end of last year, right before I moved here was the prospect of being able to move to Colorado. So like, that's what I was working towards then. I was working towards like making a proposal for my team. Like, here's why I want to move. Here's why I think it will actually be beneficial to the company. I can do this research when I'm in Colorado for like, you know, Trek leisure is like a huge trend and like, I will be in the epicenter of it. Like I can do this research for the team and just like planning that sort of proposal was kind of like a light at the end of the tunnel. And now that I'm here, the thing that, cause it's still like, although I'm feeling better, of course there's still like dark moments. Um, I'm honestly trying to work, work towards getting promoted now. So like mm. ready for that next step in my design path. Like, is it staying on the particular like brand that I'm on? Is it moving to a different brand um, within the same company? Like, you know, I've been working on my portfolio and like resume and that kind of stuff. So it's always kind of like professional or personal goals that I set for myself and work towards that helps to keep my mental health in a better place, which comes with pros and cons. Cause then sometimes I'm stressing myself out with these goals. Yeah. But if I have no goals, then truly, like I said, I will just like sit in the house, not leave, not talk to anyone if I don't have to. Um, and it's a rough place. And that's actually another simple thing too, to help with my mental health that I have kind of failed on recently. I need to get back into, but making sure I like leave the house at least once a day. Um, because it just, again, staying inside, even with my partner here and I, now I have someone to talk to, it's still like not healthy to like not get up and walk and have sunlight and have all that stuff. So um, trying to get out at least once a day and then trying to goal set are kind of like the two major things that I do. Yeah, that's definitely relatable in terms of like the goals and mm-hmm. getting out. Um, what has it been like in Colorado? Have you been, are you in an area? Cause I've never been to Colorado. Yeah. Is it, but I know it's like really beautiful and there's a lot of, do you do a lot of like hiking or? Yeah, so I came out for a short bit this past um, summer, just again, when all the like, you know, sort of civil unrest was going on in Minneapolis, which again was a huge privilege and I'm super thankful for the ability to do that. So especially yeah, last summer, it'd be like every weekend we would like drive through the mountains or go for hikes or go to like um, reservoir and like go swimming and all this stuff. And since I've been back in Colorado, living here more permanently, like it's even still nice, again, just having my boyfriend here to be able to like go for a drive, even if the weather's not perfect or bundle up, go for a walk. There was one night where it was literally like a blizzard and we were like, let's still just like bundle up and go for a walk and um, like took a picture afterwards and I was just like matted with snow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is beautiful out here and that has been helping to uplift my mood too. And now that the weather's getting even nicer and we recently actually moved to a different apartment that's a little closer to the mountains, like looking forward to getting out there and um, yeah, getting to camp again, which is just something that, you know, Minnesota is a beautiful state too. It actually has a lot of lakes and 
there are different sort of like naturey things to do there, but I was from the Midwest and always kind of wanted to get out of the Midwest. So I mm. do still find it more inspiring being here. Cool, cool. Mm -hmm. um, so I know there's only a few more minutes. I wanted to ask you a little bit about what it's like now that you are working full time, but you still have like social media and YouTube and you do that in your free time. So yeah. how do you approach and like balance that? Is it, well, I'll just. Sure, yeah, <laughs> enough to go off of. Um, it's a struggle for sure, um, but it's still something that I love. Um, so like when I first graduated college and was like working, I literally made a video saying that I'm gonna quit YouTube. And I did for a year and a half, I did not upload any content. Um, it was a time then that I started focusing on Instagram a little bit more. And I was still doing like brand deals and things like that over on Instagram and just like curating my feed there. And then it was actually right before the pandemic happened. It was like January, honestly, of 2020. I just like really missed YouTube and decided to come back. And then the pandemic happened and I had a little bit more time to like, film again I was like living alone in Minneapolis like it was a great way to like connect with people and I had sort of kind of this renaissance on my channel um and then right before I moved to Colorado at the end of last year I felt like I was really hitting my stride and like uploading a video like usually once every week once every two weeks and even leading up to my move I was posting a lot of content but things have definitely been rocky since I've been out here in Colorado again because I'm like trying to be present trying to enjoy this time with my partner that I never really had before and trying yeah. to just enjoy like you know the new area that I've never lived mm -hmm. in I always wanted to like create my way out west so I'm kind of thankful to be like over here and exploring it um but I will be back in due time I'm planning it I also want to get like different audio equipment so there's like this stuff that's like mm okay, let me just like get settled into my space, feel really good and then come back. Um, yeah. So that's the way I approach like having a full-time job and doing YouTube and social media is just being realistic. And that's like when I made that video in 2020 saying I was gonna come back, I was like, this is going to be like on my terms. I'm gonna upload when I want to. If you guys are cool with that, then awesome. And people were receptive to that. So that's just kind of the way it's been. And luckily no one's ever like, where are you? Like, come back. <laughs> like, I think luckily my audience is a similar age to me is what I've noticed from my demographics. And so people are like understanding and very respectful. There's like no one really harassing me, which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and then just one last question in general, do you have like, I mean, we might have already talked about this because I asked you about like what you do to get through dark times, but this is just in general, is there anything else that you like to do for fun that you don't yeah. like share with the world? I mean, well, I'm asking sure. you here on a podcast, so I don't know if you would want to talk about it, but I'm just yeah. curious. Is this, yeah, For sure. I mean, the other things that bring me a lot of joy are, I mean, thrifting and vintage sort of shopping finding small businesses and supporting them. Um, so that's something that's been kind of like a bummer during the pandemic. Like, there, mm -hmm. you know, some like slowly started to open up and we're a little bit more comfortable with it. But that's just something I really, really love is checking out local businesses and just being a patron of them basically um, and getting to know those people. Cause actually when I lived in Minneapolis, I formed some like 
decent connections with people from going to like, there was this monthly vintage market where there was like a ton of different um, vendors there. And I got to know these like twin sisters who have this business. And I ended, I don't even think I've talked about this, but I ended up working for them a little bit. I like worked mm -hmm. at their um, shop and just like, that was an interesting experience seeing like how a small business operates. Um, so that's something I really, really love. Um, I love cooking. Um, I'm a vegetarian. And so there's a lot of just like ways I feel like to be creative with that. And um, just my partner's really into cooking too, even though he's not a vegetarian, but we are just both really, really into that. And so that's something that brings me a lot of joy. Um, also just allowing myself to rest and be lazy. Like I wanna be realistic about that because I feel like a lot of people continually talk about doing things, but I, you know, I'm fortunate, I don't know, this is like a weird thing to say, but I'm fortunate to have grown up in a situation where my mom was like, it's good to be lazy. You should be lazy if you want to yeah. be lazy. So truly just like kicking back, watching YouTube videos. Like I love watching commentary channels. I love watching, um, you know, I don't watch as much beauty content as I used to, but still sort of like some lifestyle stuff. Like I love checking that out on YouTube and just really unwinding. Um, but it's a tricky balance because I don't want to ever with anything, I never want to do too, too much of one thing. I think mm -hmm. good mental health comes from having a balance. Um, and then I will throw in as well, just since we're on like the subject, like when I was in college, I did talk to a therapist too, which I think is important. And I don't, I'm, I'm thankful that the stigma is starting to um, lessen yeah. on that. Um, Cause there was moments in school, like I said, where like the dorms, I was like not feeling, I really like struggled making friends when I was in college. I have always kind of been someone who is like more introverted and I struggle making friends. Um, so therapy was really, really good for me when I was in school and even talking to counselors and things like that. So just a good balance of like getting out, shopping, cooking, talking to a professional when you need to, like, I think those are all really things that have helped me um, in in kind of my early 20s yeah definitely um and then what you were saying about it's kind of interesting because you're talking about you know having time to just relax and do yeah, nothing exactly. and kind of like resist that it's like uh because you know if, since we're around the same age I feel like we've grown up with this like idea of like hyper productivity and yeah. hustling and then with resist like opposing that there's also this discourse um, that's gaining a lot more popularity that is talking about resisting that and rest is important and I'm definitely trying to get more into that mindset and like reading different literature and following different people who talk about the importance of that but it could still be hard to like since it is just something that I'm getting into within the past few years of un unlearning that hyper productivity mindset um, it's just like interesting that I think about sometimes like it's yeah like yeah it's easier said than done sometimes and, and like I said too I'm approaching this weird but good place with my work where I am like inspired after hours so to speak and it, it's you know there's definitely times like pre-pandemic pre and even like during the pandemic where it was like working long hours like against my will like I didn't want to do it but it was just the work had to get done whereas now there's some of that but there's also a lot of like inspiration there but I also never want to get like burnt out on what I do because yeah although I've had my backs and forths with fashion like I know I love it I know it's like something that I probably 
will want to do forever to some degree, whether that evolves to like, you know, other areas of fashion or other sort of areas of design. Um, so with that, it's like a balance of, that's the thing, because I never even want to call it hustling because there's such a bad connotation, yeah. but just like making sure you're happy and inspired with the work you're doing. Yeah. Finding that sweet spot. So you're like really excelling and doing a good job. But having that balance of like, especially on the weekends, like I, I do not like work on the weekends. Like I'm willing to work late on the week, but I very rarely work on the weekends. And I think that's what like helps me honestly stay sane and stay creative during the week is just like, cool. It's Saturday. Like I said, I'm just going to lay here and watch um, like Curtis Connor videos for three hours and like not, not worry about the world. Um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, just what I kind of have to do to get by. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's like a lifelong balancing act and exactly journey. Yeah. And it'll, I'm sure I'll have, you know, some dark spots again and maybe some even brighter spots than now, but yeah. So just on the journey continually. Cool. Cool. Well, um, thank you so much. That was pretty much all the questions that I had for you. Um, yeah. uh, I just wanted to say too, like, I'm excited for because I, you know, I've been following you and I see the different designs that you post and sometimes I'm like, ooh, like I want to get that. And then I'm like, I miss it. Yeah. So especially like, because I was looking again at your feed recently and I was remembering the overalls. Oh yeah. And I've been, I've barely been wanting a pair of overalls. So not that you're going to design, you guys are going <laughs> to release any of those again. I'm just, yeah. yeah, I'm just talking about that. But yeah, it's really exciting to see um, your different work come out and even like your YouTube videos, whenever you yeah. want to post them, they're always enjoyable. Um, Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So I just really appreciate you taking your time to talk to me. And especially, you know, as it is a Sunday, I really appreciate that. I know it's the weekend. Um, yeah. 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 All good. Thank you. Um, I always love, like talking about the stuff because I love hearing other people's stories about all of their like you know, their journey, what led them yeah. to where they are. So thankful to share mine. And um, I was just going to like add to what you said, like, there's a lot of times where like, I even miss like my own designs. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, yes, that skirt I designed dropped. How exciting. And then like weeks go by and it's sold out. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I forgot. <laughs> I get that. Um, yeah, I was wondering, like, do you automatically get to get have a piece when it, your pieces or you have to just wait and buy it when it gets released too. I'll be honest there's random times where like um so like I mentioned like obviously there's like prototypes or initial samples mm. of the work so like if I design I'll just use the example of like a quilted jacket like um if that proto ends up being like good and that's what we like end up printing to stores like you know, that can stay like with Target and technically it is their product, but I'm going to wear it around my apartment, you know, if it's like <laughs> yeah. floating around here anyway. So then it's like, yeah, I get to like have access to that. But otherwise, yeah, I do buy my own stuff. I mean, I have an employee discount, so at least that, there's that. Um, but no, I'll be honest. I don't just like get the products given to me. I wish I did. That'd be fun, but <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It makes sense. Like logistically, I'm sure that would be a nightmare especially yeah, yeah for a company this size and it's a you know it's a big design team because the brand I work on is like five designers maybe and then there's like five women's brands at 
you know, the company I work at and then there's like mm-hmm. other, you know, brands too. So the men's team, the kids team, all this stuff. And if people were just like constantly given free product that, yeah, that especially would not be great for the company's bottom line. So yeah, yeah it's not going to happen. Yeah. That's funny. I was just thinking about that too. Yeah, no, I, I wondered that. And yeah, there's like going into fashion, I was like, you know, you see movies like The Devil Wears Prada and she just gets to like go into the closet and like yeah. hate stuff. So I'm like, oh, does that happen? It's like maybe at some places, but not everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. Okay, thank you so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed talking to Tara and re-listening to the episode as I was editing and stuff and yeah if you liked it please share on social media or with a friend or family member you can just send them the link and again if you are able to I'd really appreciate if you can rate and review the podcast and again um, I have the website down in the show notes with transcriptions for the episode if that interests you and you can also follow us on tending creativity on instagram and i have all of tara's links below to her instagram and youtube and her website if you want to check that out um yeah so thank you very much again for listening and i will be back in two more weeks with the next episode thanks have a good day